My name is Andrea Horn of Voreen, and this is my chapter of As the Story Grows. What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? Being realistic. As the story grows. You got this, Travis. Make him wait for it. Boom. podcast before no i'm so excited really okay yeah you know (laughs) this is kind of silly but in wayne's world there's that scene where the wife is like well like i've never been on tv but but i sure watch a lot of it (laughs) and that's like how i feel right now chapter of As the Story Grows. My name is Trav and uh, I'm talking to Andrea from Voreen and uh, she's never been on a podcast before and we're going to make her feel nice and comfortable here because uh, I have uh, I have some questions, a little laundry list here of some things that I want to oh, talk to yay. you about. But um, uh, the main reason you're coming on is because your band is coming out with, uh, with a three song EP like in like 15, it's coming out in like 15 minutes, isn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> It is. Um, we have a three-song EP called Violence, and uh, yeah, I feel like I didn't have like a line prepared to say about it, but it's a huge milestone for us.
our drummer has been with us now for like around maybe almost two years. And I feel like, you know, he came on with us and we really, we like got, we reached a new level. Okay. And this EP represents kind of the beginning of this like solid force that is Boreen, I feel like. Okay. Uh, before that, we were like really just trying to develop into something kind of swimming around and then he joined us and everything just kind of synced up. And so this three, these three songs are like really representative of who we are and uh, the direction we're heading. Okay. So if I were to go see Voreen live, um, how many songs, like what's, what's like the ratio of like uh, the drummer's the new guy? Well, oh, okay. Wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> you're the lead singer and guitarist and kind of like the, kind of like the front person of the band, right? Yeah. Okay, and and you have a you have a, a young lady on bass. What's her name? Her name's Marianne Doe. Okay, and your drummer's name is what? Kale Hand. Okay, so we got two chicks and a dude, right? Yep. And the two chicks, one dude. And the dude is the new guy. So, <laughs> how long have you and Marianne been together? Oh uh, well, a long time. We we met at um, we used to both work at this digital design agency. And uh, she came on, I think, in like 2011 or 2010-ish. Okay. And we we got to talking about music and, and talking about jamming and possibly like getting together. And we did. And that's when we pretty much started the band. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just like a, like a lunch break. Oh, I play music too, <laughs> kind of a meeting. It's actually funny. Like it was, uh, it was like two shy people being like, Hey, I like music. Yeah, I like music too. Uh, I play guitar. Oh, I, I play bass. <laughs> like, Oh, <laughs> it was very much this, this cute, like quiet, shy thing. And at that time, like I had major ambitions of being in music. Like I was sitting behind this, desk all the time behind this computer like always thinking about music but i couldn't play my guitar and sing at the same time okay and so i was like well there's only way there's only one way for me to get from this desk to like a stage and like recording situations which is to play with other people mm -hmm. and she was like the first person who i met and like felt like safe with and and felt like i could attempt that attempt to like break out of my fear and and you know really and how long ago play with somebody and how long ago was that that would be we'll just say 2011 that sounds like about the time so were you in any bands before that no <laughs> so you've only been doing this for five years really <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you've been playing guitar and singing and you've been like artistically inclined uh, longer than right. that. But I mean, you actually only like started like mixing, mixing the stew with other people like five years ago. Yeah. Ah. Really, I mean, I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but like I should shift that into a positive thing. Like I've, I feel like <sighs> I've come a long, long way in that time and I've really tried to... Um, I don't know. I've tried to like get to this crazy high level that doesn't really make sense for like the amount of time that I've spent. Sure. Right. Doing it. But, um, 
yeah i didn't i didn't have any experience in bands i would always just like go to shows and like try to imagine myself not not in the groupy sense i would not be the the person like wearing the t-shirt and being like i love the lead singer of the strokes or whatever <laughs> i was <laughs> i was like what pedals are they using like what guitars are they playing like how did they make that sound how are they do like how does you know how do all these pieces fit together like what are their what is the theme of their like projection right visuals like i was so interested in that and the whole like emotional effect of the package nice that's good. That's what. That's where you get started. Hey, you should take it and, and make it into something positive because I've been playing drums for like, oh my god, twenty eight years or something like that, <laughs> and, and I'm interviewing you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good on you. That that's pretty cool. That uh, I mean, I don't I don't know what it's like to be shy, but uh, I, <laughs> oh I, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I don't have that in. I don't have that in me. I'm a big mouth, but but I think it's neat. I think it's neat that uh, two people were kind of like sniffing around each other and then decided hey yeah let's try something and then you pull a drummer into it and okay we got our three piece let's do this and five years later you're making an ep and putting it out there and playing and um that's kind of amazing and we're getting way ahead of ourselves and that's <laughs> and that's awesome we can now come back around and tie yeah, this together right. but but uh i was kind of i mean i was doing some research I was trolling around on the Voreen Facebook page, and then I thought, oh, I wonder if she has a personal Facebook page. And you do. I so, do. Yeah, I know we all do. Yuck. <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of want I kind of want this to be about Voreen and about the violence EP that's coming out like any minute now. When is it coming out officially? Officially November 18th. Right that is a game. Friday. Yep. <laughs> awesome. All right. So November 18th, that's coming out and this podcast will be up before that. So hopefully it'll help awesome. steer a couple people towards it, you know, but, um, I also want to make it about you. Like this is this, you've never done the podcasting thing before. And believe me, I don't know what the hell I'm doing either. So, <laughs> but so let's, let's wind this back a little bit further, um, uh, sure. in, in trolling your Facebook page to use a term that the kids use, uh, you're from green Bay, Wisconsin. I sure am. So you didn't, you didn't just, start playing the guitar when you moved to Brooklyn. So this had to have started back, back in the, uh, cheese head. Did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, everybody was watching Packer games and I was like trying to figure out how to play Nirvana. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's uh is it as, is it as cold all the time as everybody says it is up there all the time? It's, uh, extremely cold. <laughs> I know football teams are like, ugh, we have to play green Bay. It's like, it's like a frozen tundra up there all the time. <laughs> they call it the frozen tundra. And it really uh -huh. is. that was like one reason why I looked forward to moving out here. I was like, it's going to be cold. We still have seasons, which are pretty cool. But, sure. uh, you know, it's just not as like extreme. Imagine cold. how cold it is where you grew up that you had to move to Brooklyn to move into a warmer <laughs> climate. I really thought of it that way. As ridiculous as it sounds, I was like... Bro Brooklyn's only 90 minutes from me, so the temperature is pretty much the same all the time. It's actually a little bit closer to the water. And uh, I swear, there's something about there's something about East Coasters. We're just we're just angry. We're, we just have like this... We have like this nasty, like, oh, shut up kind of an attitude. Whereas out West, I think they're just a little bit more like, hey, man, whatever. I don't agree with you, but we can get along. And I swear to God, it has to do directly with the weather and the climate. We're just bitching uh. all the time because of the snow. <laughs> just a theory. I don't know. It might be wrong, but 
So what? So what? What what was it like growing up in Green Bay trying to like did you have any friends that were like into Nirvana and like also kind of like on the artistic musical thing or was it just like All right. surrounded uh, by the wrong people and I want to get out kind of a thing It was largely the the latter like I mm. I didn't have a close knit artistic community that I was part of I didn't have like a a group of like rock and roll friends, okay. but I did have this one friend and she was another like creative superstar type person. Like she was so talented and like really into music. And she kind of turned me on to, um, into like some cool rock bands, but I, I found a lot of stuff on my own and I didn't really, I didn't really like cool kid music. Like, to be honest, I, uh, what's cool? What's cool? Kid? Wait, 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 wait. Cool you can't you can't throw a term out there like that and then they'll blow past it. What do you mean, cool kid music? What 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 didn't you Let's like? See. So like bands that that I learned about from this person who was my best friend in high school. She showed me bands like um, I thought Black Rebel Motorcycle Club was really cool. Um, okay. The White Stripes, she showed me. Sure. Uh, let's see. There was a band called Chicks on Speed that was like art. I don't know, like an art concept sort of thing. Never heard of it. Like that. techno. It was like, <laughs> you should look it up. Look up Chicks on Speed. All right. Um, <laughs> My notes are looking weird. Wisconsin, <laughs> Green Bay, Wisconsin, Chicks on Speed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Were they local? Were they local? To no, the area? no, no. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm trying. There was like one more. Oh, like Fisher Spooner was another one that she showed me. Never heard of them either. Um, Stereo Lab. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like everything she showed me was so cool. Uh-huh. And what I was listening to was stuff on the radio and like, I don't know, I guess I had like very childish um, tastes for a while. Like, mm-hmm. What age, what age are we talking about? This is like freshman year through senior year that I was hanging out with this person and like getting, getting this influence. So what years, what years are we talking about that you were listening to radio stuff? I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a timeline here. Okay. Uh, I was listening to radio stuff from like middle school until senior year of high school. What year is that? Okay, that's senior year is. I'm like expecting you to know when I graduated high school. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Neither do I. It was too long ago. No, it was 2003. Oh, oh my God. Okay. You graduated in 2003? Yes. Okay. I graduated in 93. So the hell was going on 10 years later i don't know man i wasn't paying attention <laughs> we're talking like like the induction of like new metal Ugh. yep oh yep. yeah gross yeah new metal was like happening when i was graduating sure okay all right so you were listening and to like when you talk the radio stuff you talking like pop stuff or were you listening to like limp biscuit dude i totally listened to limp biscuit you know what so did i <laughs> a lot of people did like 
they Don't sold like they you sold like a million records. Billy, like when that when their when their big album came out, they sold like a million records in the first week, and then everyone you, know you meet is like, Dude, I never listened no to them. Somebody was listening to, to them. I listened to it. I listened to Three Eleven. <laughs> like, I like Three Eleven. I listened to a lot of shit because I was seventeen years old. <laughs> like. You know, yeah, but I was, did. but that you makes me, that makes me like 26 or 27 and listening to 311. So <laughs> I'm, I'm putting, I'm going way out in the chopping block than you are. <laughs> but, you know what else I listened yeah. to and was like my favorite? I had several favorite, favorite bands. One of them was Corn. Okay. Corn's first album which, kicked ass. Dude, kicked ass. I'd never heard anything like that in my life. And I was no like, it changed my life. Yep. Um, another one was the Smashing Pumpkins. Right on. Which album? And uh, the first, the first one I got was not Siamese Dream. It was Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Okay, all right. And then it was Siamese Dream. Yeah. Because I was like, I was too young. I was just like outside of that. Like I knew, I knew people four years ahead of me who like knew the Smashing Pumpkins, right. and and then like kind of. It just kind of overflowed into me. The sma- it's funny um, you bring that up. I've been wanting to talk about this for a hundred episodes now. Smashing Pumpkins is the band of that. They're the perfect example of who I use. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trashing Siamese Dream, and I'm not trashing Gish. They're both amazing albums. But Siamese or uh, Smashing Pumpkins is the band that I use as an example of like everybody heard of them from Siamese Dream. And mm-hmm. and then you started talking to that cool kid. Like my first induction to that hipster asshole was like <laughs> was like that album's not as good as Gish. And I was always like, oh, I have to run out and listen to Gish now. And the like si- like like Smashing Pumpkins was the first band that was like, oh wait a minute, they have a whole album before the popular one that we all know, and all the cool kids are listening to that one. And it became like a like there's like this total joke about like with like like with like black metal bands and everything where it's like their <laughs> first demo, they recorded it on a cassette out in the woods somewhere in a forest yep. and everything. And that's the one that I'm into. Now they sold out. Yeah. That's the ultimate hipster position. Yes. And yeah. And, and, <laughs> and smashing pumpkins was like the first super popular band that I started noticing. Like, I think people are just saying they listen to Gish and they've never heard it before. Because <laughs> I went and listened to Gish, and I, I was feel like, like a lot of people do that. But. I do too. Because I went and listened to Gish, and I was like, I don't think it's as good as Siamese Dream. <laughs> I'm just be oh God, I think they're both so good, and I just it is good. When it's I just... hear like, uh, when I hear, I always like to start at the beginning for at least now for bands I've just learned about. I like to listen to what they did when they started and sure. see the progression. But I've always appreciated when bands can evolve. Yeah. Like I, I often am disappointed when I hear a record that sounds like the previous record. Right. I'm with you. I guess I've always, I've always felt that way. I've been like, well, what, what was the point of this? We already had the one before. Right. I feel like that is a product of huge bands on huge record labels. Well, that worked. Do it again. Exactly. And that's gross. Like people really evolving creatively. Right. I hear you. All right, I'm gonna check that off. Oh, I didn't say the third favorite band. It was oh. <laughs> during high school. It was Corn, the Smashing Pumpkins, and the Danny Warhols <laughs> of all combinations. That is a weird combination. Yeah, I mean, I just 
I, I'm an only child, so I didn't have any introduction into any into any art form at all. I just kind of found my own way. So it really zigged and zagged a lot. That's interesting. I'm an only child also. And, and I'm curious to hear what your parents were digging on and, and, and like the, the background Classic. that you came from. Oh, like definitely sixties. Yes. I was obsessed with like, my mom had this record called fever tree. Uh-oh. And they were like a psychedelic 60s. I don't think anybody's ever heard of it, but it's like, I still actually think is a really cool record. But then, of course, like, I just was obsessed with the idea of the 60s and Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. And um, there were some other weird ones um, that I don't quite remember, but Jefferson Airplane. Right on. That is actually a huge influence for me too, Grace Slick. Okay. Um, but yeah, that whole like, the whole '60s psychedelic vibe was what kind of. <laughs> That's funny because I'm approximately ten years older than you, and my parents were into the same stuff approximately ten years earlier. So I was coming out of like, <laughs> like the Four Tops and the Supremes, and uh. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever, this isn't about me, but, but that's interesting to me that it is like the par- the parental influence. Mine, mine was like, El- mine was Elvis. Mine mm. was, um, uh, doo-wop stuff. Mine was all, all, you know, and then somehow I completely hopped over classic rock because classic rock, the sixties psychedelic stuff and seventies stuff, that would have been what my dad was going, Oh, these kids with their new stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So he totally leapfrogged. Oh my God. The Beatles white album. Like my mom had it. Right. It's like, and you know, this, this record that she had, the white album was like held together with like tape and falling apart. And I was like, (laughs) this must be really important because someone beat the shit out of it. And it turned out that she, she like borrowed it from someone in college and never gave it back. Nice. Oh, she stole it. (laughs) Your mom, is that allowed to be out in public? Your mom lifted a Beatles record. Oh, I'm sorry, mom. I outed you. What if that dude's listening? What if that guy's a a huge fan of my podcast? And he's like, that's where my record went. (laughs) Uh, Well, Uh, well. (laughs) cats out of the bag. Go find it. It's just interesting to me that uh, my dad leapfrogged classic rock. And I somehow found like thrash metal. I got into like I went from like the four tops to like anthrax and like wow. crazy heavy stuff. I don't I don't know how that happened, but it got I got into really heavy really fast really quickly. And then I had to like go I had to circle back around and find psychedelic and like Zeppelin and Sabbath and everything. I didn't find that shit till I was like twenty three years old. And mm. and I'm like playing the drums since I was thirteen, and and people are like ah John Bonham, and I'm like who. I had no, I, I didn't know. I, I, did, I skipped it, you know, and mm-hmm. I had to circle back and I was like, oh my God, I missed like 15 or 20 years of genius music, you know? It's just interesting yeah. what happens when you don't have, when that's not, when, when you don't have the older influence of a sibling and you're getting it strictly from your parents and their surroundings, there's like this decade. And like your own weird, you know, your friends and your own weird search. Right. There's like this, there's like this decade wide gap. Of shit that you might miss, <laughs> you know? It's interesting. Oh, yes. It's funny about Sabbath. I remember there was these, like, these dudes 
in my in my high school class and they were obsessed with sabbath sure and i was like what's the big deal and it actually it took me years to understand what the big deal was with sabbath and like now i'd like to have a conversation slash jam with those dudes right <laughs> now i get it right but it's so funny like i just couldn't have been on the level with them at that time because musically i was just somewhere completely different i get it i get it i totally get the only child i like like do you get a lot of like oh you were an only child you were spoiled you get that a lot I do, and I want to punch those people in their stupid faces. Andrea, oh, not thank you so true. much. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's exactly how I feel. Oh, you must have been spoiled rotten. Oh, yeah, my parents came home with candy and money and anything I wanted. Oh, I yeah. yeah. They, you know, fed me <laughs> dinner, and it was just a plate of $100 bills, and life was great. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> Instead, like, it was more like, oh, you're the say. only you're the only idiot that we have to do chores around here. How come they're not done? And I'm like, the mower broke. I don't know. I don't know how to fix a lawnmower. I, I, what do you want me to do? Get scissors? You know, I just was like, I really felt like I was on my own all the time. Yeah, me too. And, uh, I don't know a lot of things maybe that socially made make sense to people with siblings and like larger families still don't make sense to me. Because okay. I just, I've, I've always been used to like, you know, someone hands me something and says like, have fun or here you go. And I'm like, just alone figuring out how a game works or like how, I don't know, just making my own, making my own stuff up. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I'm with you. I feel, I feel your pain. <laughs> That's awesome. I had no idea you were an only child. Well, <laughs> it's true. I don't like to go around being like, I'm an only child. That's why, you know, everything about me makes sense now, doesn't it? Right, like, right. I feel like saying that to people sometimes, but I don't know. I guess I grew up thinking that I was super weird and alone. So the, the interest in the heavy metal music and like just the heavy sound really, once I started finding that sound, outside of myself I like I needed it I needed it for like my world to make sense
So what what brought you from Green Bay to uh, Brooklyn? Well, it wasn't it wasn't uh, right from Green Bay to here. Okay. I, I wound up going to college in Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm. and from there, I fell in love with somebody, and and uh, our our friends from college ended up they they had been already living in Brooklyn for a couple of years, and at, at a certain point, I was like unemployed and sort of like didn't know what the hell I was gonna be doing. And it just was put on the table, like, why don't we move to Brooklyn? And I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just take that huge life step. No problem. It sounds fun. <laughs> and so we wound up moving out here. And it was total, like, culture shock. I, and I, think, I can't fathom what that must have been like. Like, going from the Midwest to here is it's so jarring and uh like minneapolis especially is a very clean city okay like they have big buildings and stuff and like you know cool art neighborhoods it's a really cool city um but they the streets are like immaculate okay like, they just don't look like what it's like out here Everything, and, and for the record brooklyn streets are not immaculate right <laughs> For those of us that don't live there, they certainly are not. Whatever the opposite of immaculate is, <laughs> rat infested, is covered in garbage. Street, yeah, piss, garbage, whatever. Why is New York streets <laughs> always under construction? Are they ever going to finish? <laughs> you know what? I think talk about having theories. I see a lot of streets getting repaired with asphalt, which is cheap. You know, it's cheap and fast, but it. Yes it lasts not a long time. You know, it, it doesn't take long before there's potholes Agreed. and there are fucking potholes everywhere. Yep. So it's just a quick, a quick fix. Like, you know, no surprise there yeah. <laughs> for, for the city. But I think that's why they just do crappy fixing jobs. Yeah. They get the money. Were you in North Dakota yesterday? Oh, <laughs> No, I, I just participated in the in the thing where um, people are checking in at Standing Rock via Facebook because gotcha. okay, I thought so. The authorities there were like trying to use Facebook to to do nefarious, shitty things to the water protectors. So it was a call to action for people to specifically like use Facebook to throw these these authorities like off their course. Got it. Interesting. Okay. So, so explain, explain exactly what, what you're talking about and your stance on it. Cause I think everybody knows, like, I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not. I, 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 he I heard a lot about what's going on with the pipeline and I understand, yeah. I understand what they're trying to do and what they're doing is shitty, but you sound like you're a little more passionate about it than I am. So get me passionate about Definitely, it. Definitely, I have strong feelings about it, but I'm not, I'm not like, a super authority. I'm not like a very outspoken, like activist type of person. Okay. But, but my understanding is that, I mean, how can I put this? Um, Take your time. Don't be afraid of dead air. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. So they've, they've already like had police strikes. Okay. Like militant fucking tear gas, horrible 
strikes on peaceful protesters. There have been more than one of these. And, uh, like, the, I think the state, I think it's the state there that's really trying to to do all it can to, like, drive these people out. And so I think with the Facebook thing, they were trying to see literally how, who was there so that they could they could make their attacks even more personal on the people who were there just to like, huh? I mean, I, I could be completely wrong. Like, I, I guess I, I feel like I need a fact checker here <laughs> beside me or something, <laughs> but um, it was just like weird. Like they wanted to use the, the data from Facebook to, to target to target people for shitty reasons. I don't put that past them at all. I totally agree. I totally believe in algorithms and likes and yeah. traffic and blech. Yeah, so I'm not entirely clear on like what what the goal was for them, but I just was like you know, I was down with the idea that like I could be a part of helping to throw them off. Cool. Like all I have to do is is check in at this place and along with, you know, hopefully thousands and thousands of other people so that they just become inundated with useless data and they can no longer pursue this, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do know what you mean. I actually, I wish that I could be there and I've been thinking so much about it um, because I've always been fascinated with like, um, with like Native American culture and the fact that like there was a time when I wanted to go to get books about it I wanted to learn about their mythology and I wanted to just see what what I could find I had so many questions and then I, I went to the bookstore in the library and there were no books and I was like oh there's a reason why we don't have any books about this <laughs> it just made me so sick to my stomach have you ever read uh, people's history of the United States from Howard Zinn no, but I've heard of this. Dude, this will blow your mind. This, yes, this, this, I have that written down in a in a note in my phone. <laughs> I'm 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 now going to go out on a limb and sound like someone who actually reads and knows a damn thing about anything, but I've actually read this book. It's a thicky too. It's a biggie. But uh this book Oh my god, if you don't hate Christopher Columbus by like page eighty something, like that dude was a turd and and what I'm yeah. what I'm encouraged about Andrea is I have I have 14 year old twins I got a boy girl twins who just started high school this year and they're actually they're actually coming home from school with like here's what we were supposed to learn but my teacher told me these things and actually Christopher Columbus wasn't a good dude and I was like Whoa. really that's interesting it's kind of coming along with like the wow. whole like, mental math we're learning how to do new division and that kind of thing which eventually i'm, I'm convinced <laughs> the next generation of kids will know how to do math and it won't make any sense to us and we will be screwed <laughs> but it's kind of interesting bad. it's kind of interesting that <laughs> kids are coming home with almost like here's what we're supposed to learn and here's what actually happened. they're coming back with double with the double message that like the textbooks are teaching us one thing because there's a, there's a system, right. but here's the truth. That's right. so, in, that's incredible. It's, it's super incredible right. that my 14 year old is basically coming home without saying this. Cause she's not allowed to, but basically she told me like, I'm learning what I need to, to pass these tests. But my teacher's even telling me that this is all bullshit. 
you know How, that must be a, an incredible mind fuck for kids at school yeah right like good luck good luck in the good luck down the down the road when you're being taught something and then you're also being taught to question what you're being taught Ugh. like yeah what do you do with that i, I mean doesn't know. it just seem like school is useless at that point <sighs> funny you should say that yeah <laughs> it's becoming a thing yeah i have strong feelings about that too <laughs> i don't know it's 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 frightening how um it's frightening how how much time do you have any children no it's it's frightening how much time for those people who are listening to this that have children back me up on this it is frightening how much time is dedicated to standardized testing oh my god during a school year where it's like we're going to stop i've heard about this we're going to stop teaching your kids shit and we're going to teach them how to take a test then they're going to take a test and all the answers are designed to get the school grants. And I'm like, the hell am I paying you all taxes for? Like my kids are going to school to learn how to take tests, to pass tests, to get you money so they can go to college yeah. and be like, uh, I, uh, uh, I know I, I can kick ass on an I'm SAT. So, you know, like I don't get, I don't yeah. think I get that. I'm like super interested in what alternatives to that. And I have, I have some friends, um, from college who are kind of, they like know about that stuff. Yeah. And I, I want to pick their brains. Like I, I sometimes wish that I had gone to an alternative school or something like, like a, a charter school or, or like not a charter school, but like, okay. I guess Montessori is the, the first thing I can think of, but something that actually teaches, teaches kids to be autonomous. And, you know, it's just the, the antithesis of like what, what you and I know of as school, right. you know? Right. It's just, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. That's a that that's. I I went to a Montessori, um, uh, before out before oh my God before kindergarten. I went to one of those like little teeny tiny four year old five year old schools with like what toys does he excel in? That'll teach you what kind of person he is or whatever. It's all. <laughs> it's all. It's, it's all like, crap. It's all crap at that age. But I actually I went to a private Christian school and um, that like you said it was kind of a mind fuck with 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 how with how um, kids are being taught two different things. Here I am being taught like creationism and that kind of thing. And then it was like, we're going we're gonna to just splash a little bit of evolution in there because should you present yourself to the world and go into a, a non-Christian college, <laughs> I don't want you to be completely shocked when this stuff hits you. So like... Like you Some almost like you almost believe like, in evolution. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It's like a, what a crazy concept. We don't know any that, uh, of them here in our small yeah. bubble. But once they, you leave this, once you leave this building, <laughs> there may be people out there that think the Earth might be older than ten thousand years old. <laughs> just be aware of that, you know. And then you go out in the real world and just get trounced and run over with like facts, and and then you're like, huh. <laughs> So everything my parents paid for was horseshit. Okay, interesting. You know, it's. I feel like that's that's an important part of of the path. I guess I'll, I'll call it the path because I I also had I had experience at a Catholic school. Okay, uh, all right. As a very as a very little little kid, and I was like, man. I, I really feel like at public school, kids are assholes, but if I go to this 
Catholic school where they believe in Jesus, they'll be nicer because they'll understand like what Jesus was all about. And they'll, and my little heart was so broken False. Like in the biggest, <laughs> in the biggest way. Right. When I found that not only did the children not give a shit about Jesus or understand <laughs> what that whole like hubbub was about, but neither did the adults. And they yeah. were just as shitty as their kids. And it just, it still breaks my heart today. It's because, to be yeah, it's because they have, uh, you know what? Let's not go down that road. <laughs> Let's not go down that road. But I feel like it's an important, like, it's an important experience to have where you realize that, like, not everybody believes the same thing. And, um, you know, some beliefs, some, like, interests, beliefs that you have are yours. They're yours to guide you to wherever you need to go. And, you know, yeah. you don't have to conform. No. Like, sit down. Sit down. <laughs> sit down and break bread with the people and have a drink and hear and hear what they have to say and, and learn from them and walk away smarter and more educated. It doesn't mean anybody's trying to suck anybody into their side. Or, yes, those people are out there, but you'll you'll pick up on that and walk away from them, you know? But, I mean, yeah. like, there's, oh, there's, so, there's so much... Oh, me crack somebody's head open. There's so much to look at, you know? Absolutely. It took me a long time. I think a lot of this had to do with being an only child and, and spending so much time by myself, but it took me a long time to really truly learn that other people don't think what I think. Right. Me and too. like, I don't want to be too hard on myself when I say that, but like, it was really hard. And I, there were times when I just like, it didn't, it was just, I couldn't process it. Mm -hmm. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. It was so hard to break out of that. So I had a lot of like painful experiences with being confronted with all these different ideas. Right. And it was just maybe a longer, a longer process for me to break. Right through. on dude. I know what that means because I spent a lot of my life just like, okay, well they think differently than me. So they're wrong. That's fine. <laughs> I accept that they're wrong. And, and, and that's fine. I'm right. And they're wrong. And, and life goes on, you know? And then, and then like mid thirties, I'm like, but they think I'm wrong and exactly. I'm not wrong. Like, I'm not wrong. You start to change. I'm not wrong. I'm never wrong. Different <laughs> right. Perspectives. right. And then you have like that whack across the back of the head where you're like, I'm just as much of a dumbass as they are. Like, I should probably mm -hmm. be quiet, listen to what they have to say, and <laughs> and and boy, I mean, does the do the clouds part at that aha moment where you're like, you know what, I'm wrong too. You know, I, I'm wrong about a lot of stuff. <laughs> it kind of takes a huge weight off too. Like it is. It's alleviating. Believing that you're right or that it's your it's your job to to be the sole you know carrier of <laughs> the right. truth. Mm -hmm. Like. It's exhausting and it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, there's a huge difference between thinking someone's wrong and then really coming to the conclusion of just, okay, I'm just choosing not to believe what they do. Or I don't, that's, that's not how I see it. That's a different perspective than me. That's a, that's a world apart from they are wrong and I am right. That's like, I mean, there's two different things there. And, and, and um, I, think, I think people coming up the way I did are really taught to believe, well, we're right. And, and, and they are wrong. And mm. that 
is that's a hard <laughs> that's a rough transition that's really that that's really like faulty wiring i really honestly believe like yeah <laughs> whatever that's a deep, yeah. that's a deep topic and i don't even know how to get into it properly but i feel you on that like i want to i want to take it apart but it's pretty pretty big <laughs> yeah like it reminds me of like one day <laughs> This is a crazy story. I don't know how I don't know how you're doing this to me, but I'm I'm thinking of a lot of things that like I've had so many guests on here and like I'm thinking of like new things to bring up. But one time we had we had so many internet problems. We were switching I forget if we were switching from satellite to cable or cable to satellite or whatever. But you know how every year something's cheaper and you switch and you flip flop and you blah 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 blah. And and we were having intermittency with with our internet problems. Our Wi-Fi would go down, my kids would flip shit because they're like ah! And, and, yeah. and, you know, cause when the Wi-Fi goes on, the world is ending, you know? And, and I called Verizon and I remember this tech came out, this young kid, probably in his early twenties. And he was like, Mr. Turner, do you have a minute? And I was like, yeah, sure. He took me outside and he took the plastic box off the side of my house. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, can I speak frankly with you? And I said, I insist you speak frankly. With me. <laughs> right. And he's like, and he turned to me and he went, dude, your house is so screwed up. And I was like, what's the matter? And he took the plastic thing off and there was like spaghetti, different colored wires just shoved into this box where the last cable company rewired this. And this came, it, it, he opened it up and it literally like the cables moved. There were so many like different, <laughs> right? And he's like, do you want this done right? Do you trust me? And I was like, sure right and he's like okay and i watched the dude he literally took all the wires he grabbed them with his hands mm-hmm. and he took his clippers and started let, he looked like a barber he was like yeah and just ripped and he ripped all the wires out and wow. i was like ah I, I had like that panicky moment of like what are you doing right yeah yeah dude there's one cable running into my house now and we <laughs> we haven't lost we haven't lost it since one he fucking was, cable is all you need right and 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 that's kind of a dumb analogy it's a really dumb analogy, but it kind of makes sense because this company did their input. This company did their input and they shove more in there. They shove more in there. They shove more in there. And somewhere there was a misconnection. And this guy who knows what he's talking about, I'm never going to figure out where the problem is because there's too much noise in here. How about yeah. we just start over rip and just tore the side of my house out? Like he was pulling wires out of there. It looked like something out of a cartoon. And I was standing there watching him like, holy shit. I hope this kid knows what he's doing. And he ran one. He ran one new wire. And Andrew, we haven't lost internet in like six years. Wow! And I'm like, it's a beautiful thing. That's kind of a. That's kind of a. That kind of speaks on a on a on a bigger level. Maybe that had to happen to round to come to this conversation. But get all the other noise out of the way and just simplify yeah. it. You know. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a big fan of that, especially now. Like I've, I think. And I think that's that's something to do with like coming into your thirties as well, okay. just like on a in a in a life life path, whatever you want to call it, kind of sense. Like there, you have all this noise around you. You have all these messages coming at you. You're trying to figure out which one that you connect with, which one is I don't know most resonates with you, and you can't really do that really until you've passed into your thirties. I feel like, okay. Cause you, you like, you go through your twenties, you're acting out all this shit, all this conditioning. Yeah. And in your thirties, you have an opportunity 
where your brain is physi physiologically not like forming any new whatever like there's all this important neurological stuff that's happening through your 20s right. and then in your 30s it's kind of over so you can you're like wired up pretty much okay and so you look back and and then you can kind of discern if you if you are inclined or if you are that sort of that sort of a thinker not everybody is but i <laughs> <laughs> no they're not i'm i'm a very like i don't know what do you call it reflective maybe it type. maybe it takes you till your 30s to um to do the whole like my parents are idiots i'm 17 i have it all figured out and then and then you go out and youthful arrogance yo yeah we all have it I, I still have, oh yeah i still have a little bit of it and um and there's and and then you go out and, and and do some real world stuff and then and then you go out into the real world and you get your ass kicked around a little bit and then you don't know how to make rent for a couple months we've all been there and and then maybe somewhere around 30 you go huh you know what maybe it's the realization of like all those adults that I looked up to you, when you're younger, you just assume all these adults are right. They have houses, they have cars, they have children, they have jobs. They, they know what they're doing. And then somewhere around 30, you go, they didn't know shit. They're just as clueless as I am. I always look at bands happen, you know, adults as it being aliens. I didn't understand them and I didn't think that they were right. <laughs> I didn't right. think that they were any better off than anyone else. Um, I guess I struggled to relate to people with experience, people with like a broad perspective. I struggled to relate with a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things. Really? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, so now I just, I, assumed, I just assumed they all had their acts together. And then, and then I, and then I hit that wall where I was like, oh, I'm an adult. I don't have my act together. <laughs> Maybe they didn't either. You know, they don't know what they're doing either. Yeah. Hmm. I guess. Yeah, I always, I always sensed that everyone was lying when they said they had their act together. Ah, you were more, you were more perceptive. You had your, you had your ear to the rail a little better than I did. I, I think that's true, actually, because okay. I, I felt, I, I guess like, you know, if people, it's, I guess it's like, if people are, if someone's saying yes but they're shaking their head no. Like, that was my experience of the world around me. I was like, you're just saying things, but, like, I can see the truth in your eyes and your actions and your, and your, everything around you. And I just, none of it, it was like cognitive dissonance all the time. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe not. No, I'm, my mom said once, she's like, she's always telling me about women she works with and their daughters and how they're getting married and, you know, doing, doing what people do. Right. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I just tell them, well, Andrea wants a band. And I'm like, Oh, she's using this as like a stand in for a family and for a kid. Like, is that really, is she seeing something that I don't see? Like, I don't know. It just freaked me out when I heard that, but I don't think it's a substitute, but like, I guess I just, I searched for, I searched for this outlet that I needed rather than building the security of, of whatever that American dream sort of thing looks like. Well, I know? mean, pardon, it, it, excuse me for treading into this water too, but I mean, 
like especially as a woman aren't you aren't you all aren't all you ladies conditioned <laughs> to like just go out and get married and make babies and 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 that that's, and that, I mean that's a part yeah. of it we live in a misogynist culture like we sure. can't deny it there's messages that we get like i don't really know any women who don't have like a negative view of their body or like Right. I know a lot of women who are struggling to like come to terms with their biology and yeah, it's, <laughs> it's true. Like, and who, pl- and who planted the seed there? Fat dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucked up. Yeah, like, it is. I don't know. Like I liked, I liked dolls and stuff, but like, I didn't, I didn't sit there and plan my wedding when I was a kid. <laughs> oh okay oh yeah that Sorry. was the thing with girls then you like did the they do and, yeah. and it's funny like when kids i hope i hope i'm not like throwing myself under the bus telling these these stories of myself as a kid but eh, go for I, it. like kids played house like the girl would be the mommy and i would not be the mommy i would be the pet i would be the cat or whatever that was like doing whatever the fuck it wanted to do around them you would be the cat yeah. <laughs> I'm writing that down. I'm yeah, ri- I would never be like a, a functional part of the household. I would be the cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a- the cat had it made. That's a new one. I never heard that one before. God. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down as the alternate title of your episode. <laughs> be the cat. <laughs> I would be the cat. <laughs> That's interesting. Because all the girls are conditioned to play with pink and purple things and be inside and and yeah. prepare the nest, and the boys go outside and play with. I was playing with GI Joe and Transformers in the mud. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. it, it was war and baseball cards and like sporting and conquering and grr, and 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 um, I was an only child, so I didn't I didn't have a sister to see what she was doing. But I mean, girls had dollhouses. Girls had girls had Barbie. Girls had um, that stuff. You know, and, and uh, you're right. <laughs> and you land on the other side of 30 and go, nope, it was all wrong. And I, yeah, I always felt like there was, there was something I was supposed to do and supposed to be. And uh, I was always just like, fuck that. I'm going to find out for myself. First, I tried to make it. Like, I tried to make everything myself. I, tr- I was very... I guess I really believed I could control everything. Okay. And then, you know, that obviously fell apart. (laughs) Sure. But, um, now I'm just like, you know what? Some shit might happen for me. It might be, it might wind up being a family. It might wind up being not, but like, I'm just like, I'm going to go with it. Trusting, trusting my, my heart has not been my first nature, I guess. And now, now I'm sitting here talking to you and it feels like I'm at the beginning of, of really doing that in my life. That's that must be exciting. It is. I'm really excited. I feel like, I feel like I'm 30 going on like 19 in a way. Okay. How old are are you? 30? I'm going to be 32. 32? Okay. Yeah. There's still time. There's still time, Andrea. Run. <laughs> run. Speak, speaking of, you actually, um, you had a, you had a job and then, um, 
like a like a legit job job. And now, mm-hmm. if I understand, look at the Facebook stuff. You're actually on your own. You're freelance, right? Yeah, I am freelance. Tell me about how you make money. So I other do, than uh, I mean that outside of the bags of money that Vareen brings in at every show, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I pictured it was just oh, a sack funny. with the dollar sign on it, like in the cartoons. <laughs> yeah, I have to have like a whole room to fit it all. Just throw it on the pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like every gig, I just gotta rent a car. Gotta get an Uber to get that cash back. Sure. <laughs> tell me about tell me about being a a a, a freelancer because I know I know some people and man, I hear some of the stuff they go through and the taxes they have to pay and. Oh, it's pretty God wild. Almighty. I had to say I'm really grateful. Um, I have these two clients that that um, asked to continue to work with me after I left my job. Okay. And they've been they've been great. Like I've been able to support myself and you know basically break even for this whole time that I've um, I guess for the past little over a year that I've been a freelancer. And it was really scary. I wasn't sure I was going to make it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's a slow, a slow process. I'm still adjusting to certain things. Um, but basically I have this, like the steady, the steady client where I, I basically submit one, one product for them per month. And so that, that's really good. It's like, it's like sustainable. And I have another, and the other client just kind of like, I don't know, maybe every other month they send me something here and there. Um, but it winds up being enough. And like, I I really did want to learn about all of the expenses. I wanted to learn, like, what do, what do I actually have to pay for if I'm just, if I'm the business? Um, I never really understood that, too, about, about commerce and, and companies and this and that. So, like... I mean, the whole healthcare thing is totally bullshit, but somehow it's somehow I'm making it work. Um, how, how do you? For the most part. Hold, hold on, before we go any further, what is it that you're doing for these two clients? Like, what is it exactly that you're freelancing? Okay, so the first one is a subscription box company. So it's like, I mean, what other ones are out there? There's like, you know, you've heard of Birchbox. Have you heard of them? No. There's like a ton of them now. There's like for every niche market you can imagine, there's a subscription box company where you go to their site, you sign up, you like subscribe to three to three months to a year or whatever, and they just send you a box every month of like some cool shit. Oh, like a like niche. a like I send in my sizes and every month they send me shirts or something. Yeah, that's Oh, right one. on. Okay. There's, right, there's right. one that I saw for like video gamers that sends like exclusive like gamer toys and and shit like that i just stumbled upon it but it's really it's blowing up now um so this client is their boxes include like super nice bottles of booze um these headphones that i'm wearing right now were in one of their boxes they're like to give you a sense of what what's in their box they reach like a they have like a pretty high dollar amount of worth that goes into each box and it's like stuff you can wear like they sent a, a a Bluetooth speaker in one shipment. Okay. Uh, stuff you can drink, stuff you can eat. Um, they used to send like stuff you can smoke, like cigars. 
Um, it's primarily for dudes. Um, Sounds like but yeah, that's so I, I design their their branding and I design a a basically a magazine that goes in each of their boxes every month that tells the story of the products. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And uh it's a it's a small operation as is, like at the moment, but it I can sense it growing. And um I don't know, I I don't know the future, but <laughs> No, well, nobody it does. Seems like it seems like pretty pretty steady going well right now. Okay, good. All right. So so it's more of a like a digital design kind of stuff. Uh, right now I am not doing digital. I'm doing print design for them. Print design, like actual right. physical stuff that goes in the box. Anything in and around the box is what I do. Got it. So like, but I actually do like more packaging stuff and, and anything digital right now I'm doing for, for the band. Got it. Like really that's my other, it's my other, my other job is managing the creative and visual and, and social media and stuff for the band. Let's get back on the band then. Okay. <laughs> so, um, one question I had was, I think as recent as, like a year and a half ago, the best I could figure out, you guys had actually changed your name from the from Last, right? Yeah, we did. So if anybody <laughs> if anybody ever heard of the band Last, this is is this the same band or is that when your drummer came in? Because I'm I'm trying to glue the timelines together. Sure. Um, we were still called Last when Kale joined us. Okay. Um, and all the three of us participated together in the name change. Okay. And, and what and what drove the name change? Uh, probably the number one thing was searchability. When we Googled last, it was like impossible to search for. Good point. And it was very difficult for people to remember and also to hear. It's like, what's your band called? Last. What? Last! <laughs> like we would, you know, we would find Got ourselves it. having to repeat and it just wasn't right. very easy. And so now like people are like, what do you call it? And I say Voreen. It's like the name Maureen, but with a V. And I always like make the V shape with my hand. <laughs> and it seems like people get it and it's e much easier to search. That reminded me when you did that, that reminded me of the Van Halen, <laughs> the Van Halen Delta thing. <laughs> All right. Right on. Okay. Where, where did, where did Voreen come from? Um, so Voreen, we had a lot of discussions around, around naming. Voreen was one of the last, ideas that that surfaced in our brainstorm and one thing that um that we i would say collectively are interested in um although marianne was was pretty much the driver on this idea she came forward with the this french phrase la vorienne and i don't speak french and never learned it so that sounded totally shitty but la vorienne french either and we at that time we looked it up and it, it was something meaning like uh, like criminal or villain. It had this like negative connotation, but we were like, you know, that's kind of the, this kind of subject matter that, that we're interested in, at least okay. from like an in interior pers perspective or point of view, like in cinema, the, the sympathetic villain is a fascinating character to us. Like the villain 
in a in a movie where you can see his reasoning for doing things you can see that he does he, maybe he can't help himself maybe whatever but you find yourself having sympathy interesting for this like nefarious character because i don't know there's something human about it or, sure it comes back to what we're talking about it comes back to perspective yeah when you, when you hear the bad guys <laughs> when you hear the bad guy's side you're like you know what he's not a bad guy he's just misunderstood he's just taking it out the right. wrong way you know I like right. that. I like that. And like, there's this idea that like, we're all simultaneously dark and light at the same time. Um, it just lives within us as human beings. Um, yeah. So that there's kind of a lot of stuff in in the the idea of Lavorienne. And today, when I looked it up, the etymology of it is there's like. The first half of it means is worth, and the second half of it means nothing. So I think it actually has a closer meaning to worthless or worthlessness. Mm. Initial conversation, but I still find it fascinating because I think there's just a massive like empathy that characterizes the the band that I'm in. Like we're so empathetic towards all people and causes and like it it comes through it comes through in a lot of ways i think mm-hmm. yeah like we we would be the people like standing up for the little guy or the guy who's getting kicked around that's good that's a good attribute though i like that so um there's three songs coming out on this ep called violence yes okay so uh take me through like you don't have to go into great detail but take me through these three songs like why why i know you guys have more than three songs because if i went to see Vorin live and you played these three <laughs> we songs, have so many songs your set would be like <laughs> nine minutes long so so <laughs> why why these three and um i know uh do you write all the lyrics cool. or is it like a group effort i am the primary lyric writer right. um but for the song evil that was a a collaborative effort with marianne Okay. All right. So walk us through it. Sure. What's tough guys. So, What's tough, tough guys? guys um, tough guys is actually a song that we tried to record on our first EP, which is called Dirty Floor, okay. and that was that was done with our our old drummer when we were called Last. But that okay. recording didn't turn out, and uh, there are a couple of songs that one included that didn't make the cut for that other EP. So mm-hmm. we still, you know, we still loved the song. We wanted to record it. And then we wound up recording it at um, Converse Rubber Tracks. And lyrically, that song is about... Um, let's see. I just was talking about this. When I wrote it, I thought I was writing about someone else. I thought I was writing about, <laughs> I'm just going to go, I'm going to come out and say this. I, I thought I was Do writing it about, because he and I became close friends and um, okay. we were roommates at a certain point. And like, I don't know, it's just like, there's this closeness, but I felt like, I don't know, I, I was seeing these things about him that were, that were kind of like, I don't know, bringing things up for me. And like, now I have enough, (laughs) enough experience to know that like, 
you know, other people teach us and reflect back to us parts of ourselves. So in him, I was seeing somebody that that was putting on a, a calloused and like gruff exterior, but really doing it to to protect something very vulnerable inside. And so Tough Guys is sort of about this this martyrly type person that's like um understanding. Yeah, or like the chorus is we don't mind the violence, but we don't call ourselves warriors. Warriors, right. It's about the type of people, type of person that that continually over overextends like kind of almost to the point of like really harming themselves. Mm-hmm. Um but is is at the end of the day like, oh it wasn't a big deal. Like, you know, I'm I'm no I'm not a warrior or whatever. Like, but really it's like the song to me is about the elements that can make a human spirit or a human being like become a monster, mm. become hardened and like shut down. Okay. So the, that song is exploring a little bit of that. Um, but it's not, I don't know. I wonder if that sounds like a negative thing to you. Cause a lot of these, a lot of these songs are just like, they're really searching around, around a theme. And um, the next song evil is about this idea of, of wearing a certain identity for so long that it becomes you and obliterates you at the same time. Mm. Um, and we use this metaphor of like a car crash um, and like the mirror and everything, like looking in the rearview mirror, stuff like that mm-hmm. to just kind of, I don't know, talk about this concept of, let's see. I think my favorite lyrics in that song are at the end. What are they? Um, Heavy clouds in the mirror, your face in the mirror. Your face is a mirror, but the mirror is not there. And it's really like about... um, (laughs) I think... I would sum it up by saying that what's outside of you isn't what's inside of you. It's not an accurate representation of what's inside of you. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really a song that deals with identity. To answer your question, if it sounded negative to me, yes. <laughs> but wait, <laughs> I think that's part of the beautiful, like, like you're not supposed to lay out facts. It isn't songs aren't one plus one equals two. You're supposed to kind of throw something out there and let me identify to it. So maybe, maybe with the lyrical perspective of something like tough guys or evil, maybe it sounds negative because there's something inside. Maybe you shine the light on something a little bit on the ugly side that made me go, Hmm, I hear a little bit of myself in that. I don't like that. I, I, I'd like to work my way out of that. Whereas somebody else might hear it as positive because they've arrived on the other side of it. And maybe I'm not there yet. You know, that kind of thing. That, that's what I like about, that's what I like about 
these types of lyrics. If you go back to the cheesy music when it's about it's about the chick and they even go as far as including the woman's name and it's a love song <laughs> and this and that. There's not really a yeah. lot there's no deep water to go into there, you know, where I think something like this is, you know, you hear the lyrics and I, you know, you hear you talk for the past hour about the type of person you are, where you came from and you're the primary lyricist and, you know, your, 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 your whole band, all three of you kind of, kind of hold hands and being empathetic about things. And, and then you have a lyric, you lyrics like tough guys and, Hmm, I never looked at it that way before that. Isn't that the point? Isn't that the point of buying, isn't music supposed to make you scratch your head a little bit? Yeah, I guess we, we've talked about as a, as a band and Marianne and I have talked about this a lot that we appreciate the music that makes us uncomfortable slightly. Yes. And we want to keep that element in our music. We want there to be something, be it lyrical or like a sonic element that always feels a little unresolved or a little bit just like scratchy and unsettling yep that's good that's because you can turn it on yourself and that's that's that that's again i think that's the point when when lyrics hit home it, it it's because they they tap the nerve inside you or tap the nerve inside you about someone or they reminded you about somebody in your life or something that's like like I just said, the whole like kind of shallow la 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 I love you babe stuff is kind of like uh, okay it's it's <laughs> it's cotton candy everybody needs junk food once in a while because it's comfort food you know but sometimes sometimes you need a, a good swift punch in the gut man or woman just needs to hear lyrics that go oof that yeah. le- <laughs> that left that left me unsettled.
want people to listen to this. This is good shit, you know? Thanks, man. And it's a three-song EP. It's $3. Three dollars. Spend three dollars <laughs> and buy this and help and, and help them out. Anyway, song number three. Um the rectangle thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so I'm, that's I'm, my it, it, a, admittedly, you lost me. So you have the floor. Totally I don't fine. know what you're talking about. It is uh, the hardest song to explain. It was Great. written. It was written in a sleep-deprived fog. Good. Like I, I was trying to write a song every day in the month of February, um, in 2015. It's, it's National Songwriting Month for those who don't know. I did and there, not know that. there are these kind of challenges that go on like online or you can just do it with your friends. And I was just doing it with a friend, but the rectangles or before the rectangles take over, the title of the song, mm-hmm. that was like one of the last ones I did before I just burnt out completely. <laughs> and so when you're in this like sleep deprived haze, the the ego-centered part of your psyche just disappears and it's just all feeling all the time like things connect that wouldn't necessarily connect if you had been taking care of yourself better got it okay sure sure. (laughs) so so there are several themes that just converged and like everything was fair game everything sense like every sensory stimuli around me was fair game okay. to make it in, right. into a song. So the first theme for Before the Rectangles Take Over actually relates to Native Americans. Um, it's actually about like, uh, I guess the best way I can describe it is think of a, think of this image, um, Manhattan before it had any roads before it had anything on it, when it was just trees and native tribes. And now think of it, it's a grid. So that was one thing for me, like, uh, what do they call it? What do they, what do they call it? Like pro- progress, you know, society making progress. Domestication. Whatever. Um, that was one thing. And there's this Native American prophecy um, that I heard about on a podcast. And it was... Supposedly, there was a Native American chief who foresaw that someday in the future, everybody would be living separately inside of rectangles and they would be miserable. No shit. And I feel like we're living it in (laughs) big box Brooklyn (laughs) in certain certain parts. but a lot of our society, I think, can relate to that. Huh. Like, it's very, very me-centered. Like, I'm in my... Whatever. So, there's that that aspect, the prophecy. We'll just okay. call it the prophecy. Okay. The next thing, like... Then my brain went into, like, you know, aspects of being a woman. Like, female things. Like, okay. Um, things related to the home. Like, crib. Okay. Office. Kitchen. Like, all these things that just seemed to me like endless, an endless cycle of rectangular enclosures that like, based on my, my gender role, I would be participating in. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. I see. I didn't know what you so that's were another, talking about, but I get it now. It's another, it's another theme. Okay. And, you know, just like, uh, being confined to, confined to the life of, of the home, we'll say. 
Um, and then the last theme is related to my trade, my graphic design training. Okay. Um, the day that I wrote the song, I'd had a conversation with my boss and I was not really prepared to have it because I, I just like, wasn't very verbal. <laughs> like, I was so sleep deprived that I just said weird shit. And, um, that's where the song title came from, to be honest with you. Okay. I was called in to the somebody's like performance. I was managing a team of, of designers as the, the senior level person. And I was called in to talk about a junior level person. And like, this always pissed me off. Cause I was like, why don't you just talk to them? <laughs> but I guess that was my job. I was supposed to go be a leader. Um, but I was like, I just want to write songs and stay up all night. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I digress. But anyway, <laughs> so I got called in and and it, the question was like, what can you do to make this person's designs better? And it just appeared, it just seemed to me like she was just really bored. And I didn't really know how to like say that. Like, can't say that to your boss. Like, well, this person's just really bored. <laughs> That's not like a solution to anything. Right. So I was like, well, she, or this person has a, so much talent you just have to get to her before the rectangles take over which is the title of the song and that meant this is talking about gray box mock-ups have you ever seen a web layout before it becomes like full of content i barely know how to get on the internet andrea <laughs> so what a web layout looks like without content in the design world is a bunch of gray boxes a bunch of gray rectangles that represent the flow of the content Okay. Completely devoid of meaning and emotion. It's just placement. And um, from, the, from the perspective of like develop, development and coding, how can we build this? Mm -hmm. And um, I just, that's why I left web design. I couldn't stand looking at these fucking rectangles all the time. That's all web design is. Like, Interesting. Okay. When, you know, we have these like, crazy processors now like you know going from floppy disk to like thumb drive that we now think of as that we take for granted is insane but we need all that processing power to create circles on our screens like it's not in the natu natural quote-unquote language of of computers computers make rectangles <laughs> anyways I'm like really trying to drill this in. It's no, this is, this is fascinating to me. Inhuman. And so all of these themes come together in the song before the rectangles take over. Because I felt like that just, that fucking was the rug that tied the room together. Yeah. <laughs> she went Lebowski on us, folks. I love it. <laughs> Obviously, you're not a golfer. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Calmer you are. <laughs> Calmer you. Calmer you are. No, Andrea, you're not wrong. You're an asshole. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. It's pretty much the best. You can watch it. Um, yeah, uh, don't be stupid. Go buy this EP for three dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna have Go a link. I'm gonna have a link to uh, Vorine stuff in here. And uh, Andrea, this has been this has been a. Uh, this has been a surprise a and a pleasure. This was a great <laughs> conversation, man. This was awesome. 
Thank you, Trev. It's been great to be on a podcast. My first one ever. I'm your first. I hope I hope it went as well as you hope. <laughs> hope you went as well as a uh, hope it went as well as you thought it would. It's been great. It's been real. <laughs> cool. Stay in touch. I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad that you sent me the stuff. I'll make sure I'll put. I'll drop little clippies of music in here to uh, tantalize the people that are listening to it. Very very cool. And uh, November 18th, this thing's dropping. I'll tweet that out and try to get people aware of it and everything. But hopefully awesome. we throw you. Hopefully we throw you a couple little three dollars here and there. And, and yeah, let's um, see those. <laughs> those uh, what? Who's on the one? Washington. I don't, is that who's is on it, the one dollar bill, George Washington? I don't even carry. Those, I don't even carry cash anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say, let's see those Washington. It's all about the Washington. <laughs> one one dollar singles. It's all about the Washington. Give us your singles. <laughs> yeah, man. Show us your singles. <laughs> um, people's thanks, Trev. People's history of the United <laughs> States by Howard Zinn. Go read that book. Oh my God! Read it. Killer. I'm getting it. Killer. I, sh- I would mail it to you, except it's like it'd be like mailing you a giant rectangle, and I don't want to spend all that money. Like, oh God, I don't need any more rectangles in my life. <laughs> I'm getting the Kindle edition. <laughs> right on. Um, thanks, man. This was this was killer. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. <laughs> drove us there. Evil drove you there. Heavy clouds in the mirror. Heavy clouds Your in, face the mirror. in the mirror. Your face in the mirror. Your face is a mirror. Your face is a mirror. But the mirror is not there. But the mirror is not there. I just totally grows. We love you. Take care. Bye.